On Friday morning, we heard the news of the passing of Rabbi Adin Steinsaltz, a blessed memory. Rabbi Steinsaltz was born in Jerusalem in 1937. His entire life was devoted to Jewish education on a monumental scale. The motto of his life, a line he repeated often, let my people know. Let my people know. He had the unique ability to present difficult and complex material in a clear, simple manner without compromising accuracy or precision. And if that description sounds familiar to you, that is also the description that we would use for Rashi, Rabbi Shlomo ben Yitzchak, one of the greatest sages who lived a thousand years ago. That was his particular ability. And that is why many have said that Rabbi Steinzaltz is indeed the Rashi of our generation. And it is an accurate and well-deserved description. Among the books that he has written are many that are the classic best formulation of introductions to very complicated subjects that are otherwise closed to most people to understand and his introduction opens it up to the Jewish world. In particular, let me mention a book that he wrote called The Thirteen Petaled Rose, which is the best introduction to Kabbalah and Jewish mysticism that you will ever find. Another classic is The Essential Talmud, where he presents an introduction to the entire Talmud and Talmud study, the people who are there, the subjects that are covered, the methodology that is used. That work, the essential Talmud, I use every time I teach a course in Jewish law. Certainly every year I use that book in McGill Law School, and it's a classic. Those are just two of over 60 works that he wrote, plus hundreds and hundreds of articles. And all of that, in my opinion, is secondary to his main accomplishment. And his main accomplishment, in my opinion, is the Steinzaltz Talmud. What he did was he took the Talmud, he wrote, he took the text of the Talmud, he wrote his own commentary in simple Hebrew words, like Rashi did, meaning an accompanying text to be able to understand the, the simple meaning of the, of the Gemara of the Talmud. And then he also wrote paragraphs of analysis going deeper into specific points like Tosfos. That work took him 45 years to complete. And then he did an English translation of that entire work. 
What that did is it opened up Talmud study to many thousands and thousands of people for whom it had been a closed, inaccessible work. Remember, this is before Art Scroll. And yes, of course, Art Scroll did something very important later, different, but there is no question that Art Scroll stands on the shoulders of Rabbi Steinzaltz. And what Rabbi Steinzaltz did was completely unique and sui generis. It was and remains a mon monumental accomplishment. I want to highlight for a moment just one of the numerous innovations that Rabbi Steinzaltz incorporated into his edition of the Talmud. And what I'm going to share with you will seem obvious to you. But it's only obvious to us now because he did it first. In his edition of the Talmud, I'm talking about the original Hebrew edition, he included material on the margins. And that included, for example, short biographies of every speaker, the description of every plant and animal and object mentioned in the Talmud. He included notes from history, from archaeology, from geography, from other disciplines in order to make the Talmud text more clearly understandable. Now before Steinzaltz, if you were, for example, if you were learning Talmud in a yeshiva and the, and the Gemara mentioned a plant, and so you ask your Rebbe, Rebbe, what is this? What does it look like? The typical answer that you would receive is, is azaminzach. I, I can't remember the, the number of times that I heard that phrase, azaminzach, meaning it's some type of a thing. It's, it's some kind of an animal or it's, it's, some, it's some type of an object. It doesn't matter what it is. Of course, it does matter what it is. If you're trying to learn about something, you don't know what it looks like, like an animal, what it looks like, what its habitat is, how it, how it uh, lives. You cannot understand fully what the Gemara is trying to say. Just to say it's a, a zaminzach. I remember when I was in college, I studied economics. And I learned about a widget. So I used to ask, what is, but what is a widget? It took me a while to get it. A widget means it's some object that we might be discussing. It is a theoretical, hypothetical object that we're using for the purposes of this analysis. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter uh, where you could sell it, how you could use it, what it's made out of. It's a widget. It just stands for something else. Much of the Talmud was in the category of widgets. And Rabbi Seinzals came along and said, no, that's not how you learn Gemara. The way you learn Gemara is you have to know biology, archaeology, geography, history, botany, 
zoology, and many other disciplines. And in doing so, Rabbi Steinzeltz built a bridge between Talmud and science, between Talmud and secular wisdom that was not there before, such that many of us today, as I said before, take that bridge for granted. Obviously, if the Talmud mentions an animal, we want to know what animal we're talking about. Because it does, in fact, matter to understanding the Talmud. That does. By today, we take that bridge for granted. But the only reason we take it for granted is because Rabbi Steinzaltz constructed that bridge. He constructed an entity where there was a seamlessness between Torah and every other discipline of human knowledge. Rabbi Steinzaltz was curious. He was profound. He was irreverent. He was playful. Linda Gradstein is a reporter for NPR, National Public Radio. She covers Israel. She lives in Jerusalem. 20 years ago, Rabbi Steinzaltz came to her home in Yerushalayim in order to be interviewed for NPR. Now, after she interviewed him, <clears throat> she invited him upstairs to meet her parents who were visiting from the United States and with her was her five-year-old daughter, Daniela. So, Rabbi Steinzaltz sits down with the adults, with this child, and Rabbi Steinzaltz hands a small chocolate to Daniela, a treat. He always carried treats. So Rabbi Steinzaltz is talking to the parents, and he noticed after a few minutes that Daniela is not eating the chocolate. She's just staring at the package, but she's not eating it. So he turns to this little girl, and he says to her, is everything okay? And she says, I'm checking to see if it's kosher. So all the adults are completely embarrassed. If Rabbi Steinsoff gives you a piece of candy, I promise you it's kosher. <laughs> but he very kindly and very gently took the package and together with her looked for the tiny, tiny, you know how minuscule, um, kosher symbol and he showed it to her and he said this is how you know that it's kosher. Linda apologized profusely. She was so embarrassed that her daughter had said such a thing and Rabbi Steinzals laughed and he said don't be sorry. Daniela has made my day. This is a man who lived to teach Torah in every way, in every manner, under every circumstance. I want to read something to you that Rabbi Steinzaltz wrote recently. 
just two short paragraphs. <clears throat> what then, this is Rabbi Steinsaltz writing in a, an editorial that was published in Times of Israel some time ago. What then is a true Jewish leader? The Torah calls the leaders the heads of the thousands of Israel. This defines their essence. The Torah is thus telling us that a true leader is like a head, Rosh, the head. The head is the part of the body that knows what is happening in all the other organs and feels the pain of each and every one of them. Similarly, the leader is supposed to sense the problems and feel the pains of everyone. The Rebbe of Rajin used to say that he could hear the cry of a woman in labor 400 miles away from him. Regretfully, I ask, which rabbi or rabbinic, organization, or, or rabbinic organization in the state of Israel cares about the young prostitutes at the Tel Baruch beach? Most of them do not even know what is happening there. I do not mean to say that rabbis should go to visit the place, but whoever is one of the heads of the thousands of Israels should know that something like this exists, that there are X number of girls there, and that these young girls, and it does not matter what their precise number is, may not be quite like our matriarchs, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah, but they are our girls blood of our blood and flesh of our flesh. And if we do not feel their pain, that is a problem. Because if it does not feel the pain, if the head does not feel the pain of the entire body, it is not a head. In a 2009 interview, he said that he started working on his edition of the Talmud when he was 27 years old. And then he said, since I started at such a young age, I didn't take into account the immense effort it requires. Now listen. But sometimes, when a person knows too much, it causes him to do nothing. It seems it's better sometimes for man as for humanity not to know too much about the difficulties and believe more in the possibilities. One of his final interviews in 2016. He said, I never thought about what will be written on my tombstone. I did things, but I didn't do enough. I wrote books, 
I gave lectures. But what would I have wanted to do? I would have wanted to leave behind a small tree that will grow. I will tell you a final story. And this is the final story that I will tell you. In my garden years ago, he said, I planted two cypress trees. One was stolen. The other was a small tree whose head was cut off. I simply had mercy on it. I took its head and taped it to the trunk. I didn't do anything else. I let it grow. I hoped the break would heal. Today that cypress is ten feet tall, a mighty tree. That's what I would have wanted to have done, to plant a small cypress even one that was chopped, that will grow into a mighty tree. And that is precisely what Rabbi Adin Steinsaltz did and did superbly. Rabbi Adin Steinsaltz of blessed memory, his memory is a blessing and his teaching will endure. It will uplift, illuminate, inspire, and educate hundreds of thousands for generations to come. He has built a mighty tree in Israel. My friends, I certainly invite you to study more about the work and life of Rabbi Steinsaltz. This is such a minuscule tribute. And I imagine he would say, don't study my life, study my works. Take the Dean Steinsaltz Talmud, take one of the books, the Essential Talmud. This is a man who is a blessing among us and his work will endure as a continuing blessing among the Jewish people and among the world. My friends, I wish you all a great day and I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.